When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be back with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Back from Arizona, I leave. J.J. Watt shows up. That's just how it goes. Big thanks to Elijah and uh, Damon and, of course, uh, Will Wilson. We are loaded up, man. Going to be a good couple of weeks with Baseball gets rolling for Nebraska. Uh, you have uh, state girls and boys basketball. No show for us tomorrow. We'll have a doubleheader of opening round girls Class A action. Pius and Lincoln Southwest on our radar. Lincoln East as well. Five area teams here in eastern Nebraska in Lincoln where we're based out of. So that's kind of how the week looks. Some Some football to get into. Plenty of basketball as it is March, and I love seeing social media light up with memorable NCAA tournament moments. Uh, We are, man, just two weeks from the tournament starting on Thursday. And, of course, you're home for the NCAA tournament, ESPN Lincoln, and some of our affiliates also uh, with your Westwood One tournament coverage. So back at it. Uh, Elijah, you doing all right? I got a little bit of tan. I lost probably about five or six golf balls. Uh, there was uh, a lot of um, Templeton rye, drank, spent time with mom, spent time with my brother, spent time with grandma, spent time with my dad's golf buddies, and uh, really just uh, we got the grill fired up. It was mid-70s and just fantastic. I drove her. We, we, uh, we had a couple of uh, different spots to, to go get large quantities of meat. And everywhere around the region we were getting uh, grub, I mean, you just had all these these Cleveland Indian banners because we're not far from their spring training. We're not far from the Royals' spring training. So it was a good setup. Did you enjoy yourself? You're back on Monday. You didn't just, you know. Up and quit. <laughs> you just didn't stop, stop showing up. Yeah, no, it was great weather in Lincoln. Um, not as great as Arizona, obviously, but good enough. I could get outside. Um Powered on caffeine at the end of last week. Just, uh, yeah, can't complain. And, and this week, we should, with everyone uh, descending on uh, PBA, you know, it's going to be nice enough to turn the grill on, I think. Yeah. I was right? talking- and we're going to have 50s and 60s, and the rail yard will be the rail yard again. We may post up down on the rail yard here this week as well. Yeah, we talked with Greg on Friday. He said he was throwing burgers on the grill this weekend. Uh, of course I, he was. I didn't get my grill fired up, but made some fried chicken at home. That was pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, the key is you got to go for the boneless skinless chicken thighs stay away from the breast stay away from all that just fry up the chicken thighs no no and i'm sure your fried chicken's phenomenal but to do fried chicken you've got to have bone in you've got to have the and my mom 
knows how to do it, but like the, the normal fried chicken, you know, if you make it at home, you have that old family double secret recipe versus going and getting a bucket somewhere. You've got to have the bone. That's what makes fried chicken. That that and the skin. But the boneless, skinless chicken thighs is versatile. I can take this fried chicken and I can put it on a sandwich if I want. Or you can go Nashville hot. I can go Nashville hot. I, or I can just eat it as it is. It, it's it's versatile. But I think the next step, as I've heard, you got to get MSG. I've heard that's the key. I'm, <laughs> yeah, MSG, yes, you do. <laughs> all, like there's like the whole scare tactic against MSG, and like part of me is just like a little bit concerned. But I've heard like once you try it, you never want to go back. Well, here's the other thing, and this will change your life. Okay, get your grill fired up. You cook it low and slow. And you do a bone-in chicken breast. Okay. And you just enjoy. You've had beer can chicken, right? Yeah. Yeah, where you, you put the chicken on like the beer can right. and yeah. There's just a difference with, with the bone-in chicken, fried or beer can. Okay. It, it, it is life-changing. Well, I know it's- as, as good as your versatility and the boneless thigh idea is, the bone-in is- Immaculate. Okay. Well, I, I'm like a, I'm I'm firmly a bone-in guy on a steak. The bone-in makes a steak well, better. Sure. I, I haven't like gone actually and compared side to side on my chicken. Maybe I need to. But bone-in's the way to go. Got it. Dan tweets in boneless and skinless chicken. That's a fireable offense. <laughs> for f's sake, <laughs> you got. Trust me. We'll 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 have a a. a I'm not sure my waistline can afford the skin. Dude, I don't know how much weight I put on. I'm fat and happy. I don't care. Jay Moore's coming up here in about 20 minutes. We will talk some pending spring ball thoughts with Jay Bird. Uh, his take on uh, yesterday as golf paid tribute to Tiger with uh, a red out on Sunday. And speaking of red, J.J. Watt finding his way to the desert. Uh, we will get into some football thoughts with Charlie McBride. On our mind, though, is the news that came out around 9 this morning. Teddy Buckets, Teddy Allen, no longer part of Nebraska basketball. And what's your reaction? 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. And where are you at as a Nebraska fan? It's been... Frustrating. Just case in point, we're all watching Saturday's game as Nebraska had it, then lost it, and then hung on. And there's been so many instances where Nebraska maybe could have a couple, three more wins. Okay, I look at what Fred has assembled from an athleticism standpoint and just an ability to be bigger, stronger, quicker, faster. Just the athlete that's on the court, right? You look at a guy like McGowan's. That dude's an insane athlete. He's like Westbrook, okay? I mean, just this is explosive and quick twitch as he is. You look at Andre and how limited he has from a history of basketball. But damn, he's got hands. He's got size. Uh, I look at Lat and, and the guy's a really nice stretch body that can catch and shoot. I've seen Banton kind of bounce back. Kobe can can go microwave off the bench for Nebraska. So there are guys that are talented enough to win in the Big Ten. They've not done a lot of it. They've not done a lot of it the last two years. It's been very frustrating with some of the JUCOs that have not panned out. And you knew it was going to be a gamble with Teddy Allen. What was Teddy going to do? 
Teddy's had a lot of swings at the plate and a lot of opportunity. Okay, and and it's his history is well documented. I remember covering Teddy's state championship team uh, in in seventeen uh, with um, with NET in in Boys Town. Listen, there's been a lot of people in. <coughs> Sorry, still battling some lung stuff. There's been a lot of people in in Teddy's life that that have hosed him, okay? Uh, and there's a lot of people in Teddy's life that have reached down to help him up and prop him up. And there's a lot of people that that have given him a, an extra chance. And I look at this as. Teddy Allen's departure as more of a not if, but when, right? Did you ever as a Nebraska basketball fan feel that this thing was going to work out and this was going to be a happy ending, a right off into the sunset? I'll say this about Teddy Allen. His decision-making, his shot selection, and his playmaking got got better it wasn't a black hole where he'd catch and shoot every single time or force something for an offensive foul it got better was it perfect no but he got better he got more teammates involved then he went for 41 and that was after a benching you saw him respond the right way you saw him hit the game winner against penn state and then he's, then he's pulled, and then he plays 10 minutes in a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, you, when you look at Teddy, it's just, I, I, I feel like sometimes the ball moves better when he's off the court. Um, are, are you with me on that? It, it, no, you're, you're right. I'm so, I, forgive me. I'm dealing... With a tickle, so not COVID, right? No, it's, it's not. <laughs> I promise you. But I'm staying no, well away from you. Today. No, it, it absolutely. <laughs> it, the, you hear the old saying: "Addition with subtraction, or by subtraction." And honestly, I mean, he got better, but it still wasn't perfect. And I think Teddy got disengaged, didn't play, but ten minutes in a win and said peace out and that's been his history with four different programs and if you're nebraska you really got to ask yourself what how stable is this thing going to be if he comes back for another year when you've got mcgowan's and mcgowan's and you've got an offense that is all space and pace and you've got talent versus fit and the talent is a guy that can go get you buckets at a high volume the fit is a whip the ball around the horn, find the open guy, hit the shot. And if we need to go isolation, good. You can go do that. But I think when push came to shove Elijah, he was sick of seeing his playing time diminish. Nebraska was sick of seeing the same forced <coughs> moments. It was just time to part ways. Yeah, and we I discussed it last week on the show. Like. His role when he came into Nebraska was to be the guy that whenever the rest of the team couldn't get a bucket, he could step in, get a bucket, get the offense sparked. And it felt like if he wasn't 
in his rhythm, if he wasn't dropping 41 points in a game, he wasn't going to be that guy you, you could turn to to go get a bucket. He wasn't that against Minnesota. He, he wasn't that ever since that Penn State 41-point performance. Uh, the ball stuck in his hands, and it just felt like he had confidence when he shouldn't have had confidence after a 41-point game. And I think that's what led to him not having minutes against Minnesota, and that's what led to his unhappiness. The guy went 6 points, 7 points, 41 points, and and 0 points mm-hmm. his last four games. And my my, I have two lasting images from, from Teddy. One, the game winner against Penn State, where he races off the court by himself versus celebrating with his teammates. You finally get that first Big Ten win. It's him running off the court by himself. No one's following him. And then I have the the other image of of him and McGowan's and Fred Gronk spiking his mask at the end of the Illinois game. Where, like, Teddy wouldn't roll and, and Teddy was given an opportunity with the same play with the pick and roll and then, and then the, the three that was shot and, and not hit. Who did they lose to the other night at home? Before Minnesota? Yeah. Oh, uh... Penn State. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, Penn State. End of the game. Yeah, you should, you should have the second win. Yeah, against Penn State, really. And it was the same play that was drawn up against Illinois. This time it was a give and go for, for Trey to get the look. Mm-hmm. That was botched horribly at the end of regulation against Illinois. So Teddy, Teddy was better that second time. But this thing was always unstable. And I, I hope that, that Teddy Allen gets his degree. I hope he has success in life. I hope he plays pro ball at some level. Because he is super talented. <laughs> my, my last, you're discussing lasting memories. My lasting memory of Teddy Allen is the fact that Fred Hoiberg had a guy in the boat in Donovan Williams who he let go by the wayside because he was busy courting Teddy Allen and trying to get Teddy Allen to come to Nebraska when Teddy Allen gave us not even a full season of, incons- of inconsistent performances. Here, let's go to that for a second. That's been brought up. Mm-hmm. You're close with Donovan. We've enjoyed covering Donovan. Donovan's down at Oklahoma State. Donovan's a guy that didn't like Teddy coming in. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's a situation where we either kind of go compete, or if you're going, I mean, if you're going to Oklahoma State, you're going to go to Oklahoma State with Cunningham. I mean, so far it's looking really good with Donovan's choice. Oh, now, yeah. I, now I don't know how many minutes he's getting down there, but. You're on a winning team, and you're on a team that, assuming that they get out of this NCAA tournament deal, uh, NCAA probation deal, they can go play in the postseason, right? I mean, they play Oklahoma tonight. Uh, and, and if they can get in, they're, uh, they could do some damage. I mean, I think they're a team that's in. I just don't know for sure not whether they're allowed postseason this year or if they pushed it off UNLV style. Uh, but with, with Nebraska and Teddy Allen, I mean, you knew that this thing could come crashing down. You wish Teddy the best, but your reaction? There's some Nebraska fans that are like, well, good, about time. Uh, I'm not quite there, but I've not heard the oh, no, the sky is falling take because it's been so volatile. Um, 
I've also, I haven't heard anybody who's too surprised. No, you knew it was going to happen. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. And if you're Nebraska, you've got uh, a game against Iowa looming. You have you have uh, Rutgers tonight. You have Northwestern, and then you have the finish with the Big Ten tournament. And then you got to kind of recalibrate and reset because you, you've got athletes to win. But but Teddy's been part of that basketball IQ problem on the team, and and they got to get better. They got to get smarter. As a basketball team, you've got talent coming in, but Nebraska basketball fans can't take much more of five and twenty or five and eighteen or whatever it is. Fred's a good coach. Okay, Fred's a really good coach. Fred knows offense. Fred's system's great, and you saw that system finish the right way with the way they were able to move the ball. And I don't know, they're getting the right athletes. They just got to get guys that are better locked in with their decision making. Teddy had a problem with that at times. Wish him well, not a surprise. Jay Moore's on the way with Hale Varsity. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I've got 4,000 pounds of gunk in my desk, but no cough drops. So we're going to roll the dice and pray that Jay Moore brings a bottle of whiskey or bourbon or something to help the coughing fits. We say hi to Jay Moore at jmore44 on Twitter. Bird, can you help me out? Either alcohol or a cough drop. You choose. Well, I don't have any cough drops. I got plenty of booze, though. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I only came here to do two things, right? And I'm out of you know what, or chew some gum, and I'm all out of gum. As I say, you're out of cough drops, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm out of cough drops. That's pretty good. Jay, good to spend some time with you. There, there's a lot to get to. You're a big golfer. You're a really talented golfer. What did Sunday in red mean to you as a golfer? Yeah, obviously the news... Uh, just, a, you know, was it last Thursday, I believe, or well, I can't remember, almost a week ago, that that was uh, yeah, it was tough to hear. But to see the support that they, yeah, the guys are going to give, they, they give Tiger, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, this the PJ Tour is at a level now just because of Tiger. You know, back in the day, you know, winners got a half a million. Now winners are getting, um, uh, you know, add a million to that. You know, I don't know what Colin Morikawa just got this last week, but I'm sure it was, 1.3 to 1.5 million. I mean, that's those purses that they're playing for nowadays is all because of Tiger Woods and, and television money and sponsors and you get on the list. So, yeah, the guy's been through. It's been such a high and lows for him here in the last, shoot, you know, 10 years, you know, the the marriage issues and then, you know, comes back and plays really well. It was, you know, PJ Tour Player of the Year, I think, in 2013. Then obviously back issues and then – wins the Masters and then has more back issues and, you know, has this car accident. He's still unsure of what happened, but at first and foremost, you're just glad he's all right. And first and foremost, Tiger is a parent and he has two, you know, young kids. And so you want him to be around so he can be a parent. The golf thing is, it is what it is. He can never play golf the rest of his life. You know, that's fine. But he, you know, you sure want to be around to be a parent. So that's, that's great. But the support you saw from, you know, everybody, I mean, Hell, even Phil Mickelson was dressed in red and black. So that was a, that was a cool ordeal, and you know, hopefully he's 
you know, he has some golf in his future, but, if, you know, if he doesn't, he's, uh, you know, first and foremost, he can still be around to be a good dad. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio at jmore 44 on Twitter is where you find him. Black shirt Husker NFLer and, and golfer. Jay, uh, let's uh, switch gears to the NFL. J.J. Watt, $31.5 million, two-year deal with Arizona, 23 guaranteed. J.J. Uh, Watt is going to be asked to do what? What What does his impact need to be in Arizona? Well, they've, Arizona's had some good guys come in there and play, you know, and Calais Campbell comes first comes to mind. You know, really good dominant defensive lineman. You know, they got the they got the offense kind of going with, um, you know, Murray and uh, you know they got Hopkins down there now. So they just got to get some more help on on defense. And it's 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 funny, you know, he was about to make seventeen and a half, I think, this year with with uh, with Houston, and now he's kind of got a pay raise to be in a way better of a city, in my opinion, and uh, you know, in a team that's. You know, it's they're on the rise. You know, Arizona was was halfway decent this year. I think they finished eight and eight, I believe. But you know, that's a, that's a team, and a, they got a good young coach there. And so I, he's just going to come in, and they're not going to tell him to do anything different. You know, he's he can JJ Watt can play about any position on the defensive line. So just keep doing what you've been doing. You know, make the high level, high energy plays. You know, do all that that stuff, and just keep what you've been doing for the last. You know, decade or you know, eight years. I can't, I'm not, can't remember how long he's been in the league, but just keep doing your thing, man. And then, you know, you're going to be on a more successful team and have a chance to compete in the NFC West and and uh, play for a championship. So that's that's all the guy can ask for. And who knows how many more years he has? You know, that's you play ten plus years on D line is is asking a lot. Jay, what what do you believe the uh, the fire alarm alert is like for the Russell Wilson and Seattle smoke? Is it a one alarm? Is it a four alarm? What do you believe is going on with, with, with Russell? Do you think he's trying to force his way out? Look, he's seen where Watson's frustrated. You see uh, moves that they got Stanford and he got out of, out of jail finally in Detroit. What do you think's really behind the scenes with with Seattle? Yeah, I think he he wants some input. You know, I listened to I think I said this on this radio show before. I listened to a lot of Dan Patrick in the morning, and uh, he he's always on his show a lot. And that one, you know, he wants he wants input. I think he wants his input to be heard. I think he wants help. You know, I think he's about to I, on the uh, Dan Patrick reference how he he's on pace to be the most sacked QB in NFL history. And that's, I mean, for a guy that's pretty mobile and does a good job getting the ball out of his hands, you know, that's, I would never guess that Russell Wilson's on pace to be the most sacked QB in history. So I think he wants help. He wants to draft some offensive linemen. You know, I think that's what he wants, and he's not getting it. And uh, so there's some frustration there. But I, there's, you know, when you listen to interviews and you, you can always hear kind of underlying tones and, and you know, ways, you know, passive aggressiveness in some ways of saying things. So that's a, that's an interesting situation. Again, that's he's done so much for that franchise and won, you know, played for, you know, won a Super Bowl, you know, lost the Super Bowl, you know, is always first or second NFC West every year. You know, it's just can he get enough help around him? I just don't know if he's getting that. They don't know if his voice is getting heard enough. He doesn't like that. And I mean, 
those you start dealing with these elite level quarterbacks, you know the Russell Wilsons, the Tom Brady's, the you know you just you go down the list that they they know what they're doing and they want they want some you know they want they want the reins to be given to them because they they you know they they want control and I mean look what happens when you get Brady to control down at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay boom they win a Super Bowl you know so I think. Pete Carroll's kind of could be. I imagine he might have a little bit of an ego, and the GM probably has a little bit of an ego up there because they've had a lot of success. And he wants he wants some help, a little bit more control. And if he's not going to get it, then you know, then go somewhere where you can, and you're you know you have a little more input and you're valued a little bit more. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. They haven't had a, they haven't had a, a new quarterback there in a long time. And Russell stayed fairly healthy most of his career. So that's that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Jay, you mentioned. Uh... Russell Wilson's being on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. Uh, and when you look at like these these mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, some of them are just magicians, like Patrick Mahomes' ability to, to get out of trouble. But do you think that sometimes these mobile quarterbacks can hurt themselves by leaving the safety of the pocket and you know putting themselves uh, into danger away from their offensive lineman? And that's why you're seeing like numbers like Russell Wilson getting sacked this much. Yeah, they just tend to hang the, on the ball a little too long. That's that's just, they try to make something out of nothing too much. And whereas, you know, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the not as mobile, you know, they knew they just will throw it away. If they can extend it, they, they will. But if nothing's there, they'll, they'll chuck it into the, you know, the first or second row. But Russell has, that's been kind of his downfall is he just tries to take to hang on to it a little too long. And then you kind of either you end up running out of bounds for a sack or, you know, you make a bad, bad decision. But it's just all it comes down to. It's just a lot of those athletic guys. They try to make something out of out of nothing. And a lot of times, you know, you you when they do it, you know, i.e. Patrick Mahomes or whoever, you're like, holy smokes, that was incredible. But then it's like, you know, and then they hang on the ball too long and they throw it across their body and they get it intercepted or they do take a sack and it's a fumble. So, yeah, you know, he's he's exceptional. He's one of the best to ever play and one of the best to ever play in Seattle. It's just there's a knock. It's it's you know, maybe just hanging on the ball too long. That's all, that's all it is. Jay Moore's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, and his podcast, uh, More To It. Uh, you can find Jay on Twitter at JayMoore44. Jay, if you're betting, and we're going to get into this next segment, but are you more optimistic about football turning it around or basketball turning it around first? <laughs> and And I know the... Correct answer is take another shot, Schmidt. Uh, but in, 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 in all seriousness, you know you've seen the the ups and downs of hoops, and then you've you've seen the hype and and missteps of football. So if you were to say which which team contends first, which one is it? Uh, to me, it's it's football. I think football is a lot closer than basketball. I mean, both both conferences are really really good. Uh, in football and basketball, but the Big Ten is just brutal in basketball. I mean, you could have you could have three teams potentially make the or the Final Four this year in, in the Big Ten. It's you know, and it's just every year it's just a ringer. You know, with Michigan, Michigan State, you know, Illinois being good, and Wisconsin, and you know, Northwestern's you know can be hit or miss some years, and Indiana and Purdue, and it's just it's a, it's a grind. Where you know the football team, I think is. Closer. They just got to clean some stuff up. You know, they've they, they should have won a few more games here the last couple of years, but you know, some some special teams issues have, have cost them, and that can be fixed. 
you know, some more attention to detail, some more in, better in-game situation coaching, and and you, you know, just just understanding what to do a little better when you get in those situations, those close games. And I think, you know, I can't, I don't know, if, you know, Frost has been in a ton of those situations yet. Yeah, obviously he's been in, you know, at Nebraska, but before, so he's learning as well. So I would lean more towards Nebraska football competing than, than basketball. That. They got, uh, you know, although you know Nebraska will get McGowan's coming in next year, that'll be it'll be interesting to see how one guy. Now that's the one thing with basketball: one guy can make a world of difference. Now that doesn't really happen in football. You need a really good O line and a really good D line to uh, to make things happen uh, and get over that hump. So I, I still lean, I still lean uh, football. You know, with going into you know year four with uh, with Coach Frost, and I just. Think like I said, they're they're closer than what it seems, but again, you know, special teams and kind of just getting making better decisions in game situations and taking you know getting offense going. But I you know I'll, I'll lean I'll lean football on that one. Twenty seconds. Uh, not shocked or shocked about Teddy Allen saying peace out. Not shocked. There's obviously there's there's something issues. I mean he didn't plays a couple weeks ago then you know scores 41 and what only scores five points and hardly plays against minnesota so not not shocked i mean that guy has some <laughs> there he has some history of being at other places so not it's a little obviously interesting how it all played out with two games left but yeah not not shocked at all and just kind of move on and you know play these last two games and play the big 10 tournament and then uh you know get ready for next year Jay Moore's with us. Jay will do this again. Thanks for jumping on with us, bud. Good to chat. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, guys. All right. There he is, Black Shirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. will dive into that conversation. You betting football or basketball? Hail Varsity continues. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So let's dive into this when it comes to optimism about two of your favorite programs that have caused you some wear and tear. That's football. That's basketball. Will Bolton crew get going here into the week? And uh, there's excitement for Oscar Baseball. And, you know, volleyball's elite, right? And and Coach Williams has Husker women's basketball uh, more times than not right right there. So th- there are good programs at Nebraska, 466-377-6800-825-5865. But as a Nebraska fan, where are, you, where are you putting your money at, right? Elijah and I do a steak and a beer bet every Friday, and we'll pick some games out. But, but where are you more optimistic? Do you think basketball turns things around – before football, you know, this is year two for for the mayor, and it's been tough to watch at times, but you've also seen some improvement. Uh, you're going into year four with football, and, and you've seen Nebraska play in a lot of close games that could have gone either way, right? We, we've detailed them quite a bit, and, and you see – a, a really good ball game against Penn State where they win, and then they are stuck on that, and, and they get rocked by Illinois. And you know the uh, the 2021 schedule is what it is. So where are you, where are you putting your money? Which team, I, I guess, competes and contends? And, and Jay Moore, bless his heart, says, you know, I think football's closer, and, and it's not easy. Let me make that 
point a thousand percent crystal clear. It's not easy in either. But I think if you get the right guy, because it's it's you know five on five for basketball, I think you can do it quicker in basketball. But I think there's been missteps when it comes to who they brought in, and and that's that's been tough. Last year's JUCOs, no. Some of the JUCOs this year, some have worked, some get it, some are getting better. And then you just had Teddy Allen leave. So what what's what's the end of this season look like? And I think you can say with a straight face, okay, you got rid of Allen, you've got McGowan's waiting, and you've got a, a, a good core coming back that if they do what Fred says in space and pace and pass the ball and find the open guy and defend, right? I mean, defensively, Doc's had those guys on point a lot of the year. Can they quit turning the freaking ball over 17 times a game or driving, playing human bowling where you're driving one on four for an offensive foul. Can you, can you be disciplined with your shot selection when you tie a game? They've shown incredible resolve. The basketball team has, okay? They've shown incredible resolve. They've battled back. They've gone to work every day. And they should have a few more wins than they do. They have the talent to compete. From a football standpoint, I think uh, you've got some some really nice guys in the secondary. I'm impressed by the front seven, right? Offensively, you're, you're wondering. You think the offensive line can come together with their schedule? I think, like, best-case scenario, you're talking seven wins next year. And I think you'd take that. But you got to – there's a lot of similarities between football and basketball with they're their own worst enemy on a given day in a given game because they're the ones that are hurting themselves more so than the opponent doing you in. It's not trying to go dunk over Matumbo or Alonzo Mourning for basketball. They're throwing the ball out of bounds 12 times in the first half. For football, guess what? It's third and eight. Someone misses a block. Adrian strip sacked the ball game. Or there's a holding call, right? Or there's no flower consistently offensively. See, the defense makes steps. So I'm interested. If I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet basketball. And, and the way this year started, the way they started out in Big Ten play, and I'm not caught up in the glow of a win over a little Patino. I just think there's some things that the Hoy- – I, I really think Hoiberg's a smart coach. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he'll tweak who he's bringing in. He'll have to. I mean, he'll have to go more high school because, I mean, you're, you're, you're so-so on the Juco gets. Some have worked, some haven't. Some have gotten better, some haven't. From a Nebraska football standpoint – uh, what am I going to get next year? Am I going to get more sloppiness? Am I going to get a team that's tough? Am I going to get better quarterback play? Am I going to get better running game production? I think the defense is okay. They can get better. They're not going to be 9 but they'll be fine. But I'm betting basketball. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's recency by me. But I just think I got a, I got a better head coach right now in basketball than I do in football. End of discussion. That's what I've seen. And I know it's apples to oranges with, with sport and numbers and all that good stuff. I think there's a, a incredible strength and conditioning on football. I think you've got some winners in Teodi and Fisher. And uh, I think Bill Bush coming on is nice. I like Jay and, and Peter coming on board. I think that's huge, right, from, from the inner <clears throat> workings for the football program. I think Greg Austin's a good coach. I think Ryan Held can find, can find backs. And I think Lubick knows his football. 
right? What's my management look like with with football right now? That's been up and down. Uh, you've not seen the progress on the court, but I think my management's been okay. Roster-wise, no. You, you've missed it at times, but you've had to go try and get talent, right? It's chicken or egg. Do I go get talent or do I go try and get this talent developed? Either way, you're, you're five and 17, uh, if unless you really hit it out of the park and, and you land a fab vibe class. Chris, thanks for hanging on. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Hey, Schmitty. Um, so, yeah, obviously, neither one of them is a blink away from. No, I mean, we're talking, um, we're t- it's still waiting game still, right? Yeah. So, you, you, I think for all the reasons that you laid out you, perfectly, I'm in line, in line with you here. Um, so, gun to my head, I, I'd say basketball too, just because. I get that the competition in the conference is probably can be a little steeper, but yet I think the the, the overall that the hill is a shorter climb uh, because of if you get the, the two you get two guys in here that can be giant difference makers. There's more of an impact on the court than there is on the football field. So agree, and and you know about the lines of scrimmage that Jay kind of detailed. I mean that that doesn't happen overnight, man. It's probably a steeper hill in football. The other side of this, too, and it's not an excuse for basketball, you finish eighth in the Big Ten, you're going to the tournament, right, in, in, yeah. most, in most years. So and Fred's shown the ability to get some pretty high-level athletes in. They just got to play, play better. They got to make shots, clearly, but they got to play smarter, right? And that goes for football, too, you know? For sure. I mean, what is a common theme amongst both of them is that is that they they hurt themselves more than, you know, than they're they're being beat by the other team. You know, so. No, absolutely, Chris. Good to hear from you, brother. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and you know, Nebraska likes hurting themselves so much. They've got a leather wrestling mask and a dog chain in their basement. And, and like we had Ron calling a little bit ago. He didn't come on the air, but he just said like. The effect of one player, he's like, I can't count many times this year I've screamed at my TV because of a bad Teddy <laughs> Allen shot, and then like Nebraska goes on a scoring drought. Ron's out of bourbon. Yeah, I love Ron. But like, but you can see like you could bring in one or two pieces to this basketball team, and with the talent that's there, you can see them making a jump. And I don't see that same one to two guys away on the football team. Uh, I mean, think if you got freshman Adrian play, mm. right? And and you're not turning the football over. It's not just on Adrian. There's 10 other dudes around him. Yeah, yeah. you'd also need wide receivers to step up and get well, open. Yeah, if you could find a Stanley, right, and, and you get a, a Ziggy running the ball, I like the line. But no, I think the safe bet's basketball. Quicker, sooner. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Charlie McBride, 10 minutes away. We will spend some time with Ryan Pesota, head coach, Pius Girls Basketball. They're going back-to-back, trying to do so. Also, Lincoln Southwest, assistant coach Tim Berta. Don't let Tim look in the eye and say he's not good within 100 feet with that wedge. So we'll talk to a couple of coaches as we gear up for uh, state coverage. Pius at 1.30 tomorrow. And uh, also Lincoln Southwest at four will be on the call for that. I'll be on the call for that. Two games for me to kick off Girls State 2021. We'll hopefully be posting up down in the rail yard uh, throughout the week at uh, different points. So that is awesome. Reminder about moving. And uh, West Blue Realty is uh, the spot for you. When we talk about 
uh, residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. West Blue can make that next move uh, just perfect for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale. Varsity West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby is there for you. Tom can help out at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, Kelly's outstanding as well. Give Kelly a ring at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Got a question for you, Elijah, when it comes to... Uh, School, navigating school. Oh, man. What did Papa Bear do to you if you had a missing assignment? Um, that's actually an interesting question because he treated it differently for every single, every single child he had. Uh, so with my brother, missing assignments were threat of being grounded, get your missing assignments done, what have you. For me, nothing. He, he said, I trust you. If your grade at the end of the semester is still good, you're going to be fine. If it's not good, it's, uh, we're going to have some problems. Uh, that, that was, it was always just the, the distant off threat. Like, I trust you. If, if you can get your stuff done, you can finish the good grade in the class. I'm not going to be mad. You do your own thing. Uh, with my sister being uh, in Zoom high school right now, she's going back to it's full per- nuts, person. It's nuts, right? But it just, it's somewhat similar for her, but he's, he is trying to crack down hers being like, get your work done, get, get it done. And, I don't know. I was never the kid who really struggled with that. No, well, you're a you're a, a smart kid, and to me, you're the guy who was pretty intellectual, so you could roll in and, and crush the test. Yes, and and you may jack around a little bit with the the day to day work. Some of us had to army crawl and <laughs> grind the day to day to dirty the sea. Sea is for cookie. It's good enough for me. The reason I ask is I'm trying to sink sink a putt. And I get the email from Junior's teacher about how he's and he's in all this diff stuff and he's got his mom's brains and, and I mean that. So he's he's a smart kid, but he's turned freaking lazy. Oh, I turned that in. Oh, I turned that in. I mean, I, it's the same old line of BS about what he's not turned in and what is turned in. And then we're talking, and I'm not knocking art because art's cool and it's important. And he's not an artist. His finger paints paintings have sucked since he's four. <laughs> But the point is, is he's just jerking around and it's C plus time and it's not pleasant around, right? Because he's off his, he's off his gaming, his mom's pissed off and I get home and so I'm just saying, look, dude, you're, 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 you're busted. You're on gaming quarantine until your, your art grade gets up to a C plus and he's always going to throw the, the teacher under the bus. I'm like, no, the teacher's save your ass all the time the big i i like the idea of taking the phone away that's a big get, get him a get him a prepaid phone says you can only call me or mom if you that's need all i need is to have a burner phone <laughs> that, that's great what's this oh it's junior's burner phone before he's even 15 Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2 with Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. No show tomorrow. We have girls' state coverage, uh, state tournament 2021. Pius trying to defend Lincoln Southwest. will hook up with Central. 
So we'll be on the call for that down at Pinnacle Bank Arena. We are into March, which means basketball and which means spring football around the corner. We'll have some comments from Indomitian Sue and his sit down with Shannon Sharp. Sue is still not happy about uh, not winning the 09 Heisman. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt Mondays with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, thanks for the time. Good to spend some um, another afternoon with you. How you doing? Oh, good. Perfect weather. We're about five degrees above normal. Okay. 27, degree, 27 degrees, and it's um, probably about 40 mile an hour winds. Well, it's it's just uh, it's it's football weather, Coach. I just got back from Arizona yesterday. Went down to see my mom, and well, uh, I lost a few golf balls for you. Good. Well, that's perfect. I got some. I give you. I found them on the golf course, but they're kind of old. But they're good, though. Hey, I got. As soon as I hang up, I got to go to take uh, take my kids. They're going back to Arizona okay. for the week. Two of them. Yeah, two of them did. Well, good. Good, good, good. Well, I, uh, I, I didn't shoot that well, uh, but I, but I was in the sunshine and it, it worked out. And then we uh, watched a little ball and, and grilled some some steaks. It was good. So I got to ask you. I got to ask you. And we were talking about this last hour with Nebraska football and with Nebraska basketball. You watch both. And if you were to, to pick which sport would see success quicker, which one do you think kind of turns the corner? I know Nebraska basketball just won, but they've been uh, really close a lot of times. Just like football, right? Football's been really close, too. Well, and it's two different sports, I know. Yeah, I think football's start. I mean, it's football's turning now, I mean, already. And basketball still has a little ways to go. I mean, you know, it's... <clears throat> Two games, uh, of course, it's good that they're, you know, at the end of the year, things are happening good. I know mm-hmm. they lost one of the better players, but I look at it the same way as a lot of people do. Helpy has a, has a good future somewhere else. That's good for him. That, I think that a lot of times kids play together better, you know, with each other when things like that happen as a team, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but I think football's turning the corner. I think probably going to. You know, I if it's not this year, I think they'll be better. But you know, they could really blow the blow the socks off somebody this year if they really put their minds to it. You know, and that's just it. You you can see the areas they're they're not far away from way better than than most people. From a confidence standpoint, let's get into that. Your level of confidence. Uh, does it start with that the, the lines of scrimmage, Coach, for you with football? Yeah, it always has. I mean, you know, it, 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 they always laugh. If I, you know, if I was an offensive line coach and I had to start a team, I'd probably, you know, everybody picks their quarterback, uh, you know, usually picks a quarterback or something like that. But, you know, I might do the same, but the second guy I pick is going to be the center. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, you just, I always figured him as the captain, you know, a little bit and kind of put a lot of pressure on him to be a leader and things like that. Although it didn't always work out that way, let things normally happen because of things we had leaders, you know, it, it, it just worked out that they, you know, they would show. 
you know, and uh, but you know, it, it, when you have good teams, you have leaders all over the field. I mean, it's you know, and that's what I said about all of our teams. We've always usually had a leader at each position on the field that was, you know, kind of ahead of the group. You know, as it, it as the team matured, so did your your uh, leaders. Mm-hmm. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to go go back to that 97 season. And you guys had a really good 96 season, but you were working on a third straight title and just came up short, and you go win it in, in 97. And and I've had this conversation with, with Grant Wistrom a few times about how hard he and Jason were on Scott. What what did you see emerge from Scott leadership wise that senior season? Because it was his turn to go, you know the the pressure he felt, and the team had a, a standard. But what did those guys do in in kind of concert with Scott to to take a step forward and be be that winner well, they wanted to be? Well, as you as you know, you know the when Scott came in, it, it wasn't a big deal to any of our players. And he had to earn it, and they and they were going to make him earn it, and uh, he did. And that that's where I that's where I saw Scott. He took everything anybody was going to dish out, and th- and that was the thing that made him a leader. I think you know, and especially with those guys who were dishing it out, because they were dishing it out for a reason to see if he could would fold, and he didn't. You know, so you know those things. I think are. are are really important. I think he expected it too a little bit, you know, um, when he came back. So it wasn't anything that was, you know, very unusual. I think there were a lot of guys <clears throat> there in Nebraska that felt like, you know, a little little rough after Scott had walked, you know, and gone out to Stanford and so on. And uh, you know, there was there was articles in the paper that <clears throat> that. Uh, um, said he had committed uh, way before this, and of course, his dad said he didn't. But there were articles that said that he did in the paper, and I, so there was a little bit of that was being read about a little bit in the paper. And I think guys, way back when, when he when he left, there was some you know some uh, uh, kind of a little bit of sour feelings. I think maybe with some of the guys on the team that he didn't stick with the state. And uh, you know, and that that's on that's not unusual, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, but but that you know, kids have their own way. I mean, you you can't. Uh, I've always I've always tried to. If a kid told me he was going to go to his in-state school, I never argued that point mm-hmm. ever. You know, I mean, if he went to some other school that I thought didn't feel right, I might say something to him about it that I didn't feel he made the right decision. But other than that, I mean, I wouldn't if he if he went to the school of his choice in state. I'd I'd never get upset with that. Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie, Coach. I saw this uh, posting, and ESPN compiled a list of like the fifty best quarterbacks in the two thousands, and they came down with their top ten list. So the last twenty. 21 years or so and I think Crouch came in at number 43 uh, from a Nebraska standpoint they had uh, Baker Mayfield is number one 
Cam Newton is number two. Vince Young at three. Tebow at four. Burrow at five. And then it kind of rounds out with Deshaun Watson, Tyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota, RG3 from Baylor. What uh, what do you say to that list? And if you're drafting, who are you putting number one? Well, you know what some of these guys do? They they look at statistics, and and it's all it, it, it's always it's always this, it's not who how many games you won anymore. It's how many how you threw the ball and and you know look at some of those guys. They did win national championships, and um, and things like that, but. You know that's that's pretty much what happens. They have a lot of the younger uh, people that vote on that stuff don't have any idea, you know, except by statistics. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, and and it would be the same in the public. I mean, if somebody got would get the NCAA, you know, rule book, they'd probably find out that maybe Nebraska didn't throw the ball as much. <laughs> maybe their statistics weren't even rated in the top fifty or so. But the ground game was first, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean that that's just another, but that's just another way of uh, you know saying that the game has changed and it's the passing that people love to watch the ball being thrown, mm-hmm. and that's the way it goes. But you gotta you gotta consider the weather and and consider the you know the art of, of what you have to do you know as a offensive coach to design things that you can win with by making the, you know, most teams, if they're good, are pretty much 50-50. Sure. And when you look at it, they're they're pretty close to, you know, right down the chute. Although Florida, when we played them, was about, probably about 80% pass. Um, I have the statistics probably if I had to look them up, but when we played the second half, they threw the ball once. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, and I said at the beginning, you better shit the rundown first and make them, you know, like the old saying, one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And we did, and that's what happened. That way, you can tee off on them, and then, you know, you can really, you know, your your head is going toward the passer rather than necessarily toward the run. And you knew what the run was because it's going to be off of a pass. You know, it's going to be a draw play with them. And um, that was probably, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the play that they ran. They ran a draw off our right side, and that was the end of that tune. And so um, (laughs) they just started just throwing it all over the place. They started throwing it to the wrong jersey too, if I I remember. (laughs) Yeah, that that is that's a bad habit to get into too. You know, if I'm going down this list. I take into consideration more than stats. I take into consideration championships, but I also, what did you do to the program? Did you elevate the program from seven and five, eight and four to become a champion? And and there's a couple of guys on here, right? I mean, there, there's more than a couple, but I look at, at how great LSU has been for the last, X number of years, but they've always kind of been missing a quarterback. And, and right. Burrow is perfect. I look at Vince Young. Texas was always kind of going nine and three, right? They lose a non-conference yeah. game, they lose to Oklahoma, and they probably step on their toe in a bowl game. And then they get Vince Young, 
and and Vince yeah. was was so incredible. Cam Newton one and done, but was great. I pr- and this is probably way against the grain, but the guy who made Clemson Clemson was Deshaun Watson, and yes, he had help around right. him, but he took down Alabama and Saban. And to me, that's the guy I'd probably circle. As good as Vince was, as great as Tebow was, as nice as Cam Newton was, I'd probably go with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not too sure I wouldn't either. I mean, one, one thing is, is when you look at teams still today in college that run the option, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mayfield and some of them, all, all of them ran some option. And it, it wasn't even close. I mean, um, you know, uh, we probably had the best option quarterbacks in the country. Right. I mean, uh, Oklahoma, you know, it kind of dropped off at, toward in the 90s a little bit, but um, they were always a team that if you were talking about a quarterback that could run an option and maybe not throw the ball as well, mm-hmm. that'd be Oklahoma. And we were a team that ran options and didn't throw the ball as well. We threw the ball well. But it was all, it had to be, the secondary had to be just right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we waited for them to, to make a move in the secondary. And then, you know, you'd throw it and let it have it. And it, probably we had more touchdown passes, or at least we were in the top two in the conference in, in touchdown passes and maybe last in passing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at those stats and you start wondering and scratch your head. <laughs> what the heck is this, you know? And so I can understand, you know, that uh, and, and the other thing, too, is I think you look at it's hard to have a Heisman in the Middle West in reality okay. because of the press. And, uh, you know, when Mike Rozier got it, I thought that was a big jump for, for Nebraska. I know Johnny Rogers at that time, you know, was that that was a that was a big time. But college football probably to me didn't seem like it was as big then as it, was, it had gotten it. Yeah. You know, and uh, how, how much coverage, I mean, you know, with the coverage part of it. So you worried a little bit about, you know, when a guy was up for the Heisman, if he could, you know, really, you know, um, if the press would even look at him very hard sure. rather than take a guy from the east or west. Well, Mike uh, Rogier is turning 60 today, that which blows me away. But uh, it's his birthday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Michael Heisman's 60th. I saw that on Facebook today. Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, you, you enjoy those uh, warmer temperatures and, oh, yeah. uh, and, the, and the wind, all right? And it, it'll calm yeah, down for you. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks a lot. I'll talk to you next week then. That'll be great, Coach. You take care. Good to spend time with you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. Fun chats there, and he's so right on. We're going to talk to Coach Osborne Wednesday. Uh, Excited uh, with the the day-by-day crew. Uh, Of course, that documentary that's uh, being put out, and being worked on that is just going to be incredible. And we had uh, a lot of fun out in Boulder with uh, their ceremony and, and kind of sneak preview. Are, are we going to get back into this quarterbacks topic next segment? Yes, yeah. Well, we, yes, absolutely. Okay, because I, I got to. You're going to call me on it? No, I got a name that's just been left off the list, and I, I can't seem. I mean, there's. He played one year of the 2000s. Sure. No, that's fine. So I, I think he should count. I just no, don't know why he's on the list. Ryan Pesota, head coach of Pius Girls, coming up. Also, Tim Berta, assistant for Southwest. 15 minutes away. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! It's set up for Girls State 2021. Some pious thoughts from Coach Pesota. Tim Berta, also assistant for Southwest, coming up. Our coverage tomorrow at 1.30 and 4. No Hale Varsity Radio tomorrow, but we'll be back on Wednesday and Thursday and Probably be getting uh, you locked in for uh, the semis and championships Saturday. Five area teams going to be in uh, PBA, which will be great. So you left, I I left a quarterback off the list. We were talking quarterbacks. Bill Conley put out his his top 10 list of quarterbacks since the year 2000. Saw that while I was on vacation. Wanted to talk about it when I came back. And I I am going to Sean Watson with my top pick. I know Tebow won two. I know Baker was great in Oklahoma, and I know Burrow was phenomenal with great talent around him, and Cam was the the best rental and investment for a year. <laughs> I have no clue what's real and rumor with uh, with his payroll down at Auburn, allegedly. Who am I forgetting? Michael Vick. Vick played two years. But... I mean, Cam pretty much only played one year at Auburn. Cam did play one year, his junior year. Yeah. Vic played two years, and he tore it up at Virginia Tech. And He tore it up for a year. He tore it up. Yeah, but then he was, didn't they go like nine and three with him in his junior year? But this is still Virginia Tech we're talking about. Virginia Tech was bad in the 90s. Virginia Tech wasn't, I mean, they went to an Orange Bowl to play in Nebraska in 95 with Jim Drunkenmiller. Drunken Miller, that was his actual name. Yeah, and he'd like to spear people with a uh, pool cue. Well, I don't know. I, I his first round draft pick of the Niners. I, I, now, you have more experience here because you did actually get to see Michael Vick play live. I was an no. infant whenever no, Michael no, Vick no. played. Vic, but Vick was Vick. I think he at least deserves a spot in the top 10. Well, he was great. And here's the thing about Vick. And you tell me Kyler Murray deserves a spot in this list over Michael Vick? Th- th- there are no Kyler Murrays without Michael Vick. I, I will grant you that. And Vick's, Vick's team achieved some impressive wins. I mean, they finally vanquished Miami in 99. This sticks in my craw a little bit because I was a college student. Nebraska ended up losing to Texas. But Virginia Tech got the nod as an undefeated team to go play Florida State. Florida State was whooping Virginia Tech, and then Vic personally like scored three straight touchdowns and put on an insane Sugar Bowl. Probably the best performance. You've got three bowl performances. You got Frazier against Florida. Okay, you've got Vic against Florida State. Okay, and then you got Vince Young against USC. Mm. I mean, I'm not in no particular order. I think you probably go Vince Young and Frazier's kind of one one A with the wow factor. The point is, is <laughs> Texas had to have Vince's performance to to pull off that victory. Oh yeah. Nebraska also got Tommy's performance. And, and Nebraska wins comfortably, whether Tommy runs for 100 or 200. But um, the, the Vic performance was great. They lost. And then Vic was injured that next season a lot, like bad ankle issues. Then he went off to the NFL. Vic was awesome. I would want, I, I've always wanted to see Nebraska, had they not got hosed at Texas, play that Virginia Tech team or play that Florida State team. And Nebraska finished number two in the country that year in 1999. But 
Virginia Tech also finished two in the coaches. Nebraska finished third. But I, I wanted Nebraska to, with that defense with, with Steve Warren and Vanden Bosch and with Mike Brown and Ralph. I wanted that defense to take on either Peter Warwick in Florida State or I wanted that defense to take on Michael Vick to see. We should have asked McBride that, damn it. Next week, hey, what would you guys have done to Michael Vick in 1999? I mean, and, and you know, well, is there anything you could have done? Yeah, broke him in half. <laughs> <laughs> like what happened with his junior season. No, but I, I do like your, your Deshaun Watson take. Um, Deshaun Watson, in, Cle- in combination with C.J. Spiller, kind of turned around that, that Clemson program. Think about it. I mean, Taj Boyd was good. Taj Boyd was playoff good. But you've, you've got Deshaun who got there. They finally beat Bama. They almost go 2-0 and against Bama. And, and Watson's just a winner. Let's uh, skip out to uh, our conversation here with Ryan Pesota. Pious basketball trying for back-to-back champions. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio. We're previewing State 2021. We welcome in uh, head coach for Pius the 10th girls. And uh, Coach Ryan Fasoda back with us. Coach, how we been? We've been busy. We've been getting ready for a shortened uh, shortened approach to state tournament. So we start on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday, so we've been busy. I bet. Thanks for giving us uh, a few minutes. Let's rewind to, uh, to the start of this season that was – you kind of just jumped into the deep end, didn't you? Yeah, you know, starting three weeks late, we kind of had to rearrange our schedule a little bit, get some get some opponents moved later in the season. But we've had, uh, to be honest, our, really our first part of our season was really challenging, playing a lot of ranked teams in a short period of time. And I feel like our kids really uh, stepped up to the challenge and we're ready to go. Ryan Pesota is with us, head coach Pius the 10th girls uh, action. As we'll have that for you on ESPN Lincoln on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Coach, uh, what can you say about this season's journey? Uh, you're to the point where you wanted to be, but uh, what do you remember uh, aside from the wackiness with COVID and everything, but you go back uh, from last year to now, and uh, interested to, to kind of get your take as the kids kind of focus in on, on a, another state run. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of our core players back from last year, um, starting point guard, uh, a lot of our scoring returned this year. So we were just kind of trying to add some new kids into, into some different roles into our group, um, you know, change some things philosophically with what we do offensively and defensively. But um, our kids are battle-tested and are, are, are really excited about what's coming up this week. And, uh, you know, the journey's been good. We've played quality opponents all season long, and our conference was tough. And so, um, you know, we've, we faced some different things with covid um, as far as just preparation for practices and games, but we've stayed healthy and we've uh, made it through. So that's the important thing. How much fun is this group to coach? It's a, it's a lot of fun to coach. I mean, sometimes I find myself during games just kind of sitting back becoming a spectator because they're so so experienced and so explosive that, uh, um, you know, and they share the basketball so well that um, it, it makes them really fun and easy to watch and they play so free and, um, you know, just a high-scoring team. When it comes to that, that camaraderie, that chemistry, 
clearly you've had teams before that that have had great chemistry but just watching the kids it seems like that it's uh it's pretty on point with the, the same goal in mind and that's chalk up another w but that's easier said than done in basketball to to have the the we not me mentality but i think there's a lot of a lot of we on your pious team yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, about every defense you can throw at a team this year and last year with Alexis and trying to put two and three bodies around her and trying to take our point guard away, Den Jillian, uh, out of the game. And so we've had kids that have had to step up in different roles uh, depending upon the ball game. And, um, you know, we found a way to get through. And, um, again, it's that we mentality. We don't have to have one person score all the points. We just want to share the basketball, and whoever gets it puts it in the basket. So it makes it a lot simpler. Ryan Pesota is with us. A few more minutes. Pius the 10th as uh, at State Girls 2021. And uh, down at PBA, Pius, uh, again, finding their way. Uh, to uh, to a uh, another uh, postseason run. When you look at this team, Coach Pesota, what um, give me give me some of the uh, the personalities on the team. We get to watch, we get to listen, but just the kids you've you've been able to coach over the years, and, and a lot of them are coming to the their, their final run as as a group of seniors. Yeah, I mean, you, I've got a lot of just really, really good citizens, good students, um, really dedicated basketball players, a bunch of multi-sport kids that want to be able to help our school um, be successful on other sports. You know, they're silly and goofy off the court, but I tell you what, when the ball goes up and you step in between the lines, they're as competitive as any group you're going to find, and um, they they have a tremendous will to win. Give me a little look-see into the goofiness that makes you smile. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not big into TikTok or, you know, Instagram or Snapchat and all that stuff, but that's (laughs) what these high school girls are doing these days. And, uh, you know, they're silly and goofy and and razzing each other before practice and things like that. And so it's nice to see them being able to be teenagers in an environment where they're safe from COVID and uh, just having fun like normal years. Coach, some keys for you uh, this uh, this last stretch run here for you. Well, for us to be successful this week, we've got to be good defensively. We can't uh, can't turn the ball over. Probably most importantly, we got to stay out of foul trouble, and then we've got to find a way to to hit some outside shots because we know teams are going to try to take Alexis away, and so we've got to have some kids take step up and make some shots. Um, throughout the week to make have us continue to be successful comment here coach Pesota on on alexis real quick just what what in your eyes makes her special yes i know the athleticism and the touch and then the physicality is wonderful but just as you look at her from coach to player what what kind of uh separates her and, and allows her to be so great I think just with Alexis, the years of hard work that she's put in to refine her craft and, you know, her hands and her feet are really good for a kid that size. And, uh, you know, she's just got a tremendous will to win and she's become an unbelievable leader and pushes our kids to be better than, than they can be on a day-to-day basis. But, boy, she's the real deal. I mean, she's she's put up some unbelievable games in the biggest of, of stages. So, I think that's what separates a really talented kid is how you perform under the bright lights. Is that something that's evolved or has that always kind of been there? 
I think that's always kind of been there. You know, the last three years that I've coached her, you know, you put her on a big stage and she's going to perform at her best. And she's got kids around her that know when it's time to get her the ball and let her let her do her thing. And so, you know, she affects the game probably more than any kid in both the offensive and defensive ends in Class A that I've seen in a long time. Ryan Pesota with us, uh, head coach Pius the Tenth uh, back at state again. And uh, Pius, uh, no doubt, uh, will uh, be uh, a focal point of so many basketball fans that get to check things out at PBA. Coach, best to you and your squad. Always fun to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Schmitty. We appreciate your coverage, and we'll see you later this week. Coach Pesota, good to hear from him. Pius trying to go back-to-back. We'll check in with uh, Lincoln Southwest girls assistant. How about them Silverhawks? Coach Tim Berda, assistant, up next on Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Girls State 2021. And welcome in a tremendous assistant with Lincoln Southwest. It's also good around the green. We say hi to Tim Berda back again. Coach, how we been? I'm doing great, Chris. This time of year, it's hard not to be happy about what's going on. Anytime you get a chance to play in the state tournament and make it special for your kids, uh, it makes you excited as a coach. Well, absolutely. And a special group of Silverhawks uh, back at state. Uh, not a far trek from 14th and Pine Lake. It's death taxes and southwestern state it's uh what a program you guys have going with the silverhawks and coach just think back to a year ago i mean how how, how crazy is the, the 365 been well it's been uh really bizarre and we've talked about it uh this week a little bit as as coaches and even even at home and and with some of our players with emerson from last year mm-hmm. uh luckily enough we were able to finish you know the class a state tournament uh as normal and then if you remember it was in the middle of the next week that things went kind of awry uh, before the boys state tournament and and things like that so uh, we were really lucky in the sense of from the girls side of being able to get the tournament in last year uh, as a whole things have been uh, really bizarre with the the hold on things for the first three weeks and um, you know uh, in all honesty we're really fortunate we were able to let the kids play and and, and have a season at all. And, and luckily enough for our kids, they've had a really good season on top of it. Absolutely. Southwest comes in the four seed, 19-2. and two, And uh, you've cranked out 15 straight victories. And uh, on the docket is Omaha Central. Let's go back to uh, know, a few months ago. And uh, what an impressive win uh, just up there off of off of uh, downtown Omaha, big-time victory for Southwest, the, the, the only meeting this year, Coach. Yeah, we went up there, and, and you know, there's, there's five teams, Chris, really, in Class A that, that separated themselves from, from everybody else when you take Pius and Millard South and Fremont and us and Central. And uh, we were talking the other day, those teams combined are 107 and 9, um, and eight of those nine losses are to each other. So it's really crazy. But back to what you you said, when we went up there, uh, you know, it was it was a, a, a contest that was, um, you know, predicated on on their size and our defensive efforts and uh, being able to get some things in, in in transition and get some turnovers. And they were actually ahead about till about the two minute mark. 
uh, we were fortunate enough to get some turnovers in press and uh, and make some plays late. But uh, the great thing for us is our kids didn't panic. They weren't worried. We were down seven with about two to go, and and we flipped the script. And, and by the minute 30 mark, uh, we were actually up one. We were up 51-50. Um, but it was we, we never saw panic in our kids' eyes. Um, they stayed true to what we do. And, you know, luckily enough, they were able to reap the benefit of, of getting a victory. And, and it was a really good win for our kids because that kind of catapulted us into uh, what we've done since. Tim Baird is with us, Lincoln Southwest assistant, uh, Girl State 2021. We'll have Southwest and Central right here on ESPN Lincoln. Coach, tell me about this group of kids, uh, their dedication. Uh, they've been around the program, a winning program. It's been paid forward to them. They're paying it forward to the next group of Southwest kids that want to find their way to state. I, I look at the numbers, and you got just tremendous balance on the roster, don't you? Yeah, we really do. You know, it's, we're fortunate because we've played uh, 11, 12 kids uh, for most of the year and 10, 10 right now. But it's it's one of those things where the kids are very unselfish. They don't care who scores the points. They're happy with making the assist to have their buddy score. And then in turn, defensively, they thrive off of each other uh, in, in being able to fend and, and uh, it's kind of fun for the kids because uh, our goal is to make life miserable for the opponent, and and they really enjoy being able to do that because they know we have that every night we go play. We don't know how we're going to shoot the ball. We don't know how we're going to function offensively every night, but we know that our effort and uh, the defensive mindset is, is always something that's going to be with us, and, and they've really bought into that, and and been able to do it. You know, we got a handful. We have seven senior kids uh, that that do a ton for us, five that play on a regular basis that have been in the state tournament, have played multiple games at the state tournament, know the routine of the state tournament. So they'll take and they'll help our younger kids um, really lead through this. And then on top of that, uh, you know, we got a great mix of, of, of junior kids and sophomore kids that do things. And then you throw a freshman point guard uh, into the mix and knowing we have some older kids that have been there. And luckily enough for the, the, the freshman point guard that we have, Kennedy Williams, she's probably taken more shots at Pinnacle Bank than any of our kids have uh, just being a kid and being around mom's program. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be nothing new for her either. So uh, we're excited about the kids that we have and the fact that they've been there and been through it that hopefully that alleviates any nerves or anything like that and they can just go and enjoy the atmosphere and and really how special the state tournament is um i think sometimes it gets lost you go five years in a row and all of a sudden i don't know if the kids really realize how big of a deal it is to go and we do that and we talk about it and and we do some things and our parents have been great about making it special for our kids um, every year that we go down there and do some special things for them. Um, but, but just getting our kids to understand how lucky they are. You know, our senior kids have played every year they've been in our program. Um, it, it's just bizarre to think about um, how many times they've played there. So hopefully when it's time to cross the line and actually play the game, it's just another game. The bright light shouldn't be a big deal for them. The, the poise factor is, is what you're touching on, and it sounds like uh, th- there's a lot of that in the locker room. There is. They, they don't, our kids really haven't 
uh, knock on wood, haven't been rattled a lot this year. Things don't always go perfect for us, but uh, they know that, that there's enough kids that can do enough things. We don't have a kid that averages 10 points a game, and we're perfectly fine with that. Uh, we have a number of kids that could go and get you 15 or 20 a night, uh, but it kind of they take what comes to them, and um, and they're not selfish about it, and, and they share the basketball, and and they play team defense. So uh, they're, they're really happy winning games, not really worried about who scores the points to get us the win. Tim Barretta, longtime assistant, Lincoln Southwest, as the Silverhawks going for another championship and uh, they are the four seed we'll have coverage of southwest and central tomorrow afternoon on espn lincoln and uh, tim barrett kind enough to be with us coach we'll see you soon and, and thanks for jumping on with us absolutely chris thanks for having us and thanks for putting the game on it's a big deal for for girls basketball to be on the radio and, and be noticed we appreciate it two good ones there love chatting with coach Pesota. love chatting with coach uh, tim barrett and uh, Southwest and Pius and East and Norris and, uh, of course, Malcolm, uh, your area teams, Willie J, Will Wilson will be on the call tonight, Pius and East boys for the district final. So, been meaning to get to this, and we've just had a couple of coaches' interviews we, we chatted with, and this is just heart-wrenching and heartbreaking news. And if you're... Uh, inclined to do so please when you hit a knee tonight prayers to the hoffman family as uh team jack announcing that uh, co-founder andy hoffman passed away this morning andy a fearless leader who loved his family with all his heart and uh, andy we love you we promise to honor your legacy by fighting harder than ever for kids miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time again uh, thoughts and prayers and condolences to the hoffman family eddie hoffman passing away today as uh, he did so much for the fight against pediatric brain cancer, Team Jack. Uh, a lot of us were in the stadium with Jack's touchdown run and what a father did for his son and then so many other little boys and girls uh, in the state of Nebraska and around the country to advocate, fundraise, direct research uh, for for those battling cancer and, and Andy passing away today. So, uh Peace and healing to to their family. Want to tell you about buckling up. That's so important to do for you and your loved ones. 70% of people in fatal crashes. In Nebraska, not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. And um, there's been a, a lot of times we've been able to interview People over the years, we've done radio on Hale Varsity. And when it comes to passion and direction and just being stand up and conviction and committed to a cause, there's there's the sit downs we've had over the years with with Andy Hoffman that is always going to make me smile and think about a, a man that 
meant what he said and, and said what he meant when it comes to just his his passion and caring and you know just just heart-wrenching for the Hoffman family and um for for Andy to battle like he did God bless him for sure for sure Tomorrow we are at uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Two games tomorrow. We'll have uh, Pius and uh, Millard North. We'll have Southwest and Central. Those get uh, tipped off 1.30 and 4. So no hail varsity radio tomorrow. We'll be back at it Wednesday. Uh, scheduled to have a sit-down with Coach Osborne for, for Wednesday, which will be good. And uh, excited to get his take on things. Uh, that day-by-day film, the documentary of... The 90s Huskers is incredible and uh, is still uh, being put together. Can't wait to see that thing when it's finally done. And remember seeing the sneak preview with some of the folks, a part of the documentary out in Boulder, out in Colorado, before the Nebraska-Colorado game uh, back in 19, was out there with Cousin Dino watching that. Uh, You have the Alumni Cap Award that's going to be presented Wednesday down at Best of Big Red by Josh Davis. Uh, Josh, standout player for Nebraska in the early 2000s. His dad, Tough Tony, an incredible running back, and Coach Osborne will be honored. So we'll have a chance to, to get caught up with Coach Osborne, get to his take on the award, his take on football. Maybe we'll ask him the quarterback question that we were chatting with Coach McBride about. Great stuff today from uh, Coach Pesota and uh, Coach Berta. Charlie McBride, Jay Moore, and a, a fun chat on Husker hoops and football and the uh, the quarterback uh, ratings uh, from the 2000. Get the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play back at you on Wednesday with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.